Hello and welcome back to Shoes Off No Cap, your favorite dance podcast. Today, Ellie, Diana, and Sean and I have a very special guest to feature on the show today. He is the only foreigner on Just Jerk, a super decorated team from South Korea. He's made an appearance on America's Got Talent, won second place in Feedback Korea, and was also a founding member of Organization 13. So our topics today will focus on his illustrious dance career, lessons learned from dancing in South Korea's super competitive scene, and thoughts on our community. Uh, he is none other than Nixon Lai. So Nixon, thanks for joining us today. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. All right. Okay. So let's go to the first question. Can you tell us what was going on in your life that made you just pack up and leave to Korea in the first place? My name is Dixon and I'm 28 this year and I've been dancing for more than 10 years actually at this point. I started dancing in high school and I was, I think, 16 around that time. Basically, there was a dance competition in our school at the time and that was actually the first ever dance competition I participated in and I've also won it. I just kept dancing after that and eventually landed on this competition on the TV show called Astro Battleground that was in 2014. And I also won that as well with my group. I just did road shows for... The whole year, actually, uh, actually up until 2015, I think. Uh, the reason why yeah. I left for Korea was really simple. Uh, basically, I simply wanted to just improve and get better. And there were not many platforms at the time that allowed me to keep growing mm. and mm. get better. So I decided to just um, move overseas where the dance culture is much, much stronger and established compared to here, I would say. Yeah, mm. that's pretty much it. Yeah. Did you not consider any other countries? Yes, I actually did. I considered Japan, actually. It was between Japan or Korea, so it was one or the other. Yeah. So why Korea in the end? So there were a few things. Um, one, obviously just here, because uh, during Astro Battleground, right after the the local dance competition, they immediately have the like Asian-level dance mm. competition right after. So what happened was they brought over uh, representing teams from each country, so there were Korea, Japan, you know, uh, Singapore, Philippines, Thailand. And the one representing Korea at the time was just Europe. So they won the competition and obviously they kind of like inspired me to learn their dance style. And as well as why Koreans to Japan was basically... So I went to Japan for a month and this was before Korea. I took classes there, just tried to mingle around in Japan for a month. I went there with John, by the way, who also danced with me since high school. We were in the same school, same class. So we both went to Japan and we started dancing around in Japan, did classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's a, it's a cultural thing, but people didn't really talk to us. It could also be because of the language barrier. I'm not sure. Maybe they are shy or Maybe. something. Yeah, so I didn't really felt very welcome and the teachers didn't really kind of like approach us or even when we approached the teachers they didn't really want to uh, I guess talk much from what I heard from my Japanese friends it, it could also be like a seniority thing you know how Japan has mm-hmm. like you know if you're a student it's you can't just approach a teacher as easily I guess until like a certain amount of time so there was yeah. that too so you know I did that in Japan for a month and then immediately after I went to Korea so the difference was maybe it's because just already knew who I was from you know competing in Malaysia and when I was there when I took classes in uh, from the just members you know they were very welcoming you know they were just like oh you know they just approached me and hey where you're from you know like what, what are you doing here you know are you enjoying your time here you know I'm just like yeah yeah you know and it wasn't just the teachers but mm-hmm. even the students there they were very welcoming because you could tell they couldn't speak very proper English but they would still come up to you and be like you know 
like speak broken English but in a very friendly manner. They're like, mm. hey, hi, you know, where are you from? You know, like I'm just like, oh, Malaysia. Mm. And they're like, oh, Malaysia. And like, where's Malaysia? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, right? And and even something simple like um, after classes, you know, people will be like, hey, we're going to hang out here, you know, hey, do you want to join? You know, even though I was a foreigner, right? And they're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, they kind of like not alienate you just because like, you know, you can't mm. speak Korean. Mm. So I guess when I was there during my one month, a lot of people were more welcoming. So I just felt more at home there, I guess. So that's why I decided to just base in Korea. So just jerk, right? I mean, mm. we've been mentioning just jerk for quite a lot and it, it's only the start of the episode. So mm, we yeah. understand that you are the only foreigner to ever mm. get on the team. Are you still the only foreigner on the team? Yes, I am. I, I actually think I am. I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure if I consider myself still part of the team. Yeah, the thing is, they think I am still part of the team, but, you know, okay. I'm, I'm not actively participating with them, but, you know, it's kind of like a family thing, you know, once a member, <laughs> always a member kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I think mm. I am the only foreigner up to now. We can be confident that you're the first foreigner to ever get on the yeah, team, yeah, right? For, for sure, for sure, mm. yeah. I was right. the only one, yeah. So, did you have to work extra hard to earn your spot on team because you're not Korean? Or did you ever, like, feel that way? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, dance aside, I think the biggest thing I had to work hard for is definitely the culture and language. Uh, it was definitely a big hurdle for me as the... Mm-hmm. It was also the reason why I couldn't make past the first auditions, actually. So, okay. because at the time, my proficiency for the language wasn't that good. And also, like, culture-wise, my leader would always tell me, like, uh, you know the saying, in Rome, do what the Romans do, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that applies in Korea as well. He sees me as... Korean and expects mm. me to behave like one which is completely fair you know because that way I don't mm. feel as alienated right you know yeah. yeah so of course the dance side which the way Korean dancer moves is also different I feel like every country has their own way of moving because it's strongly related to their own culture like you know it's like for example even for Malaysia like you know we have mm. the Malay dance or the, the Chinese dance and then we kind of sometimes incorporate it into our own dance right so Korea has their Korean traditional dance and I'm pretty sure Japan has their own Japanese cultural dance too and they kind of like incorporate that to, into their own dance so it is kind of different as well I would say so yeah that's the challenges I faced How long did it take for you to assimilate to their culture? Honestly, even until now, I would say I'm not 100% like, you know, like assimilated, but mm-hmm. it took, I think I, I would say it took me two to three years, like uh, being in Korea to kind of like understand the culture well. Even something simple as like, oh, you know, when you greet, you, you it's, it's worse that if you greet like subtly, for example, like you go, you know, like if you do that, it's mm-hmm. apparently seen as rude. So it's either you don't greet or you greet like properly, like you go and then you go like 90 degree and mm. that's the right way to do it, right? So, so stuff mm. like that, uh, so we, we may see it as like something really meagre, like very small mm. matter. But to, to Koreans, most of the Koreans, they'll think that, oh, if you greet like very subtly, it's seen as very like not sincere, right? So oh, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. This, these are like one of the really minor details, but yeah, there's, there are a lot more than that. So It's all these social cues that are the most difficult, right? Because you don't have the contacts that they've had. Uh, wait, you said that you didn't manage to get in the first time. How many times did you try? I tried twice, all right? So the first audition, I tried because I heard uh, like one of the members at the time who was taking mm. a class with me, she introduced me to the 
to the audition. I didn't know it was happening. So she mm-hmm. was like, hey, you know, uh, auditions are happening. And she said, how it works is like a workshop format. And because she knew that I enjoyed taking uh, my leader, Young Jay, like I, he, she knows that I enjoyed taking his classes. She was just like, why don't you just uh, try the auditions? First of all, it's free. You don't have to pay for it. And it, it, whether you get it or not, it's, it's also a free workshop if you think about it, right? So I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, like let me sign up. And then I signed up and then I took the workshop and I got selected. And then when I got selected, uh, apparently there was three rounds. Okay, so how it works is round one, it's workshop. Mm-hmm. So it's like as like as every workshop, how it works is you learn the dance and then they'll split you into like group A, group B, group C. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you dance in your groups and the members would pick whoever they think it's like pretty decent, I guess. Kind of like weed out the week if you put it in a mean way. So I got selected. So I was just like, oh, okay, shit. Like I didn't expect to because I was just there to learn the workshop for fun, right? Mm-hmm. And and then when I got selected, apparently there was round two. And then she was like, oh, shit. Even she was like, I didn't expect you to get selected. I was like, yeah, I didn't expect me to get selected too. And then she was just like, all right, uh, round two is you got to show your own choreography. I was like, oh, oh, damn. I was like, I wasn't prepared. So I was like, all right, fine. Okay. So I was like, when's the round two? She was like, in 30 minutes. I was like, okay, fine. Okay. Then I just pick a song and I quickly just choreographed like a piece right, in 30 minutes. And then I, I got that done. But thankfully, I was behind the line. So it took, took a while before it's my turn. So I had oh more time, God. I guess. And I tried out the, the round two and I did the choreography. And then they kind of like messaged you a week later. So I thought like, oh, you know, maybe you know, it was just for fun. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't expecting anything because, you know, I was like new in the scene, you know, new kid on the block, right? And then one week later, they messaged me. They say, hey, you passed round two, come for round three. I was like, oh, shit. Shit, what the hell is round three then? And they're like, oh, round three is really simple. Like, there's no dance. You just come in. It's like an interview. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, cool. And then on the day itself, I went there and then I sat for the interview. And here's the worst part. Because I was new, right? In Korea. I couldn't speak Korean. I mean, I could speak Korean, but not very well at the Wait, time. This, this was in your first year in Korea, is it? This was, I'd say, second year. Second year in Korea. No, so I was okay. already one year in. Yeah. But at the uh-huh. time, my Korean is still pretty bad. Yeah. So interview was like, okay, Young Jae is like, he's really strict, right? My leader. So he doesn't, he has no mercy. He's like, all right. Yeah. He was like, all right, I know you're a foreigner and all, but this is an interview and communication in a dance school is really important. So he's like, I'm going to speak in Korean. So he spoke Korean with me the whole time. And every time I couldn't understand something, I couldn't understand so and he would just give me that disappointed face. So I would just be like, mm. oh, uh, you know, it is what it is, right? So like, I didn't expect, because I think they thought I was auditioning for like for real. And I was just like, I was there for the workshop for fun, yo. I didn't expect to like, yeah. So anyways, the interview was over. I didn't expect much. And obviously I didn't get it, right? But I guess what motivated me to try harder after the mm-hmm. audition was uh, Young Jay came out and he told me like, all right, you know, you didn't get in this time, right? But he said like, he really liked my dance and he really liked my mind. So he told me like, all right, in this, the following year, they're going to hold audition again. Mm. And he pretty much told me like, hey, just work hard, you know, work on your dance, you know, do do what you need to do. And most importantly, work on your career. And he said like, work on your career and try to master the language. Mm. So in that one year from, I think this was uh, around close to 2016, one year, yeah. the whole one year, all I did was just, I was just dancing. I was just training because I, once I heard that, right, I got super motivated. I was like, oh shit, like I might actually make it because I've never like thought about joining the crew in the first place. I was just there to learn and then maybe hit home and then, you know, do my thing, which was, uh, here's, here's the 
the whole thing, the whole drama, the old 13 thing, right? So, I, <laughs> yep. I was like, you know, I was like, I was there to learn and then maybe I'll head back and then get on with my uh, project, right? Old 13. But yeah, so anyways, after I heard that, I just trained, right? I just trained really hard. I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta step it up. So one whole year, I never stopped dancing every day. Monday to Friday, unlimited pass, six classes a day, six classes, I take it all. Every freaking day, I never stop. And sometimes Holy even shit. after, yep. Sometimes even like when the studios are closed, I would take extra mm. time and I go to... Uh, other studios, Jose, mm-hmm. uh, Tutat, uh, the guy that teaches Tutting, uh, mm-hmm. he's a really good friend of mine as well. So I, I take classes from them. Uh, I would go to a hip hop studio called uh, Crossover in Korea as well. It's a popular studio for any street dancers who want to learn street dance. This hip hop teacher called Stagger, Crossover mm-hmm. Crew, really, really good teacher. I, I really recommend him. He, he really taught me a lot for hip hop. And yeah, stuff like that, I would. I would just keep dancing. I, I wouldn't stop for that one whole year. That was my focus. And the other focus was I was just practicing the Korean language nonstop. I was studying so hard. Like, holy shit. Like, I was in university too at the time. And the whole time I was in university, I was just like, just practicing and just like studying Korean. I, I would join like classes that, that teaches like economics and accounting, but in Korean. So it was like oh. extra harder for me because like most classes you can take in English if you want because like Korea at that time, they have the Korean. So there were a lot of international students and international students would naturally take classes in English, right? But what I did was I took it in Korean because I want my Korean to be better, right? So those are like the challenges I really faced. I was just like, yeah, I just worked my ass off for like one whole year. And and then eventually, you know, the second auditions had came the following year, you know, I, I came, you know, like a different person, I guess. Yeah, I did the audition again. I knew I would go past the first and second round because, you know, the first time I did it, I passed. What makes me not pass the next time, right? Yeah. After all that training, you know so it's like yeah I mean second round second auditions I did it pretty easily the first two rounds I got past it and then again we I came into the same interview room again I just sat at the same chair and Yongjae was wearing the same clothes the same sunglasses he would put on and he would just like stare at me like he was staring at my soul and he asked the same thing and then the first thing he asked is like in Korean obviously he was just like so like, how is your career now? I was just like, yeah, my career is decent. It was just like, he would start asking me stuff, you know, in Korean and everything. And I would answer everything in Korean. And he was just like, he just nods his head and he's just like, all right then, I'll see you tomorrow. I was just like, yeah, I'll see wow. you soon. Yeah. I got something for you. Yeah, after one whole year of working my ass off. And like, I got it. I'll see you tomorrow. Pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. Wow, what a story. It, it, oh it's, my it's a god. Bit like, okay, let, let's say if I want to join a team and like, oh no, you have to master your Mandarin first or something like that. And like, you do all these things for like an entire year just to be able to get through for a dance team. Wow, video. Yeah. Because I mean, even something like I remember back in Malaysia, I danced with uh, mm. some 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 of the I guess they're still dancing, they're pretty popular in Malaysia right now. I, I don't know if you're Kim. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, we yeah, we yeah. used to dance together a lot. And uh, he even lived with me at one point. So like, I remember him asking, I don't know why, like, it's been like, what, six, seven years now? And I remember him mm. asking me this question, hey, if you ever get to join a dance crew, who would you pick? And at that time, right, the two crews came into my mind. So uh, at that time, Ur- Urban Dance uh, it started uh, getting popular. Mm-hmm. And at that time, there's this mega crew called Choreo Cookies. I don't know if you heard of them. Yeah. Uh, Choreo yes. Cookies was really popular at the time. And yeah, yeah. also, when he asked me the question, it was right after Astro Battleground. So Just Joke was really popular at the time as well. Mm. So he asked me this question, like, which crew would you join if you get to pick one? And I said, Choreo Cookies for Mega Crew and Just Joke for like, you know, just a smaller, like tight crew. And then when I saw this opportunity, I just like, 
don't know, for me, it, it feels like it's like this door is like half open for me and it was all up to me to open it fully and just step in, right? So that's why like for that one whole year, I just didn't stop working. Oh, okay. I, that's why I like, I pretty much I was so engrossed in this whole like goal. I, I didn't mm-hmm. really like stay connected with like Malaysia or anything. I just like, I was really just super focused on this. So yeah, I mean... That's what happened and I just got in the crew yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yo. I guess dreams do really come true, right? Mm. I guess, yeah. If you put does. in the work. Yep. Yeah. yeah. For exactly. sure. <laughs> exactly. Take respect to you, man. <laughs> it's been a journey, yeah. Would you do it again though? Would I do it again? 100%. Yeah. Like, Definitely. Like, that, that entire process. Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was rough, yeah. I mean, 100%. Honestly, the rough part isn't even like getting in. The rough part was after the, the like oh, getting in. Yo. Okay. <laughs> getting in was like the hardest, like, oh my God, the stuff we do. But yeah, I mean, I would definitely do it again, 100%. I think it's not just about the dance side or, the, or the, even the culture side or the language mm. side, but just doing all that just kind of like taught me how to be a, a better person in general. I guess, mm. yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like you've been through hardship and then now like pretty much anything you do in life, you're like, oh, you know, I've been through that whole journey, you know, like what what else can stop me, right? Even with my heart surgery, right? At yeah. first I was like so worried, you know, I was like, shit, you know, should I do it or not? You know, I, I could never dance again like after I do it and everything. But mm. I guess this journey kind of gave me the courage to do the heart surgery. I was like, yeah, screw it. I'll do it. And oh. I got it done. Yeah. And yeah, I'm good now. Yeah. Nixon, I thought you went to Korea and then you took language classes, but no, you went and got, you got a degree and you did it in Korean. So it's like, you knew you had to work hard, but you went the extra mile (laughs) to make sure you worked hard. Yeah. Yeah. Also like the the university thing, uh, university thing too was kind of like my leverage right because okay let's be let's be honest I mean mm. every Asian parents like or at least generally are yeah. like they wouldn't like harp like they would say like yeah I support you but it's not like they want you to do this as your career career right mm-hmm. especially not my parents they, they weren't very happy when I said I wanted to pursue dancing so uh, like I, what I did was I was I made a deal with them I was like hey mm. you know like because obviously I was young at the time and I couldn't support mm. myself I needed my parents mm. to help me right so I was mm. like hey you know you support me going to Korea uh, to to pursue my dance I promise you I'll get in the top three universities and they were like do it then and then I did it I applied for the university I mm-hmm. I did the interview with the school and they got me so I got into the uh, this university called Korea University yeah. mm-hmm. so in Korea there's three universities that people only talk about Sky, like, right? exactly Sky SKY so it stands for Seoul Korea and Yonsei and I got into Korea so yeah I mean I got in top three I was like hey top three university can I go Korea now and my parents were like yeah sure I guess go for it and <laughs> Yeah. Some parents would like send their kids to like cram school for like years just so that like they can get into one of those three universities. Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, crazy. You got in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, what, what Yeah, what did you study? <laughs> oh, it's it's okay, it's business, but uh, it's very different. Like uh, the system there, they follow like uh, they follow American like academic system. So a lot mm. of the classes you take, like you have to pick it yourself. And they obviously have like a mandatory classes you have to take for your uh, major. But there are also like a set of mandatory elective classes you have to take. So it's a it's a mix of everything. Yeah, it was business. Uh, it was for four years. It's different from how we usually are, like three years. Even in the UK, it's three years, but in Korea, it's four years. So they don't have college. So it's pretty much high school oh. then university. Yeah, so it's four years. That's why. I'm doing marketing now because I got business degree. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone in this call is a marketing person. Yeah, I'm doing marketing, right? but I didn't degree. have a business degree. I don't know. I kind of went, hey, 
Nah, don't yeah. really. You, you, you don't need it. It's, it's just yeah. it's just there for like, hey, I got a degree. You want me or not? You know? <laughs> yeah. That's true though. Yeah. But now now you're in Malaysia, right? Yes, yes, yes. I'm in Malaysia. Wait, are you back for good? Or are you planning to go back to Korea? I didn't, at first, I didn't come back like 100%. When I came back around last year, sometime last year, end of 2020, right? I came back because mm. of my so surgery. You were so quiet. Yes, yes, I was. I came back because of my surgery and I told my crew member, hey, I got to get this surgery done, right? Like, I don't want to stay benched. So that was the plan. I get my surgery. I go back to Korea. Okay, here's what happened. I did my surgery and right after my surgery, COVID hit. I don't <laughs> know if you all remember, right? Okay, China started first, but I don't know if you all remember the second country that uh, I guess COVID popped off was Korea actually mm-hmm. because of the whole church incident thing. So at mm-hmm. the time, Korea was hitting numbers like seven to 9,000 and you know, COVID was new. Seven to 9,000 seems like holy crap. That's so serious, right? And my parents were like very reluctant for me to go back. They're like, no, like we're not going to pay for your flights. Like even if I use my own money, they said no. Like they don't want me to go back to Korea because Korea was really serious at the time. So mm-hmm. I couldn't go back to Korea. So I told my crew, I was like, hey, I'm stuck. You know, like my parents don't let me. And I mean, you guys are also like pretty much like screwed because you know COVID happened they couldn't do classes and everything too so I mean mm-hmm. my leader was like yeah that's fair you know even if you come back we can't do anything because of COVID mm-hmm. so I was just like yeah I'll stay in Malaysia then for, for a bit so I did my online semester here in Malaysia and mm-hmm. yeah I did that for like one semester so that's like uh, three and a half months and then, so wait, have you finished your degree? yeah yeah actually or... I, fi- I finished oh, okay. it already okay this is, this is also like very weird. Okay, I finished my degree but I didn't officially graduate so the meaning I can actually graduate whenever I want now. I already finished all my credits and everything. Mm. So mm-hmm. they said like, hey, do you want to graduate? We can just email you the graduation cert. I'm just like, yo, like <laughs> I did this for four years. Can I like at least, you know, get like a cool, you know, the, they have it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know yeah. how you feel. Sure, right? Or something like yeah, to show yeah. that I graduated. But they were like, you know, COVID and everything. They're like, it's fine. We can just email you. I'm like, no, I'm just going to wait. And they're like, yeah, it's up to you. You can wait all the way up to 2025. Like, uh, they say like, no ah. rush. Yeah, so I was like, oh, all right, nice. I'll wait then. And then I kept waiting, but COVID never got better, right? So 2021, we were still kind of unsure, right? Like 2021, let's be fair. Like, it was still like seen as like very serious. We had lockdowns and everything. Mm-hmm. So even if I wanted to go, you know, lockdown, I couldn't go. You know, I didn't want to waste time anymore. So I started working, you know, I, I, I was like, hey, you know, I might as well just work instead of just sitting and doing nothing. You know, even in Malaysia, I'm pretty sure the dancing was really kind of like quiet down because of COVID too. So, you know... I started working, you know, work from home and everything. It was all right. You know, I was, I was just trying to not waste my time, I guess. And yeah, that was pretty much what I did the whole 2021, I'll be honest. Yeah. I just want to ask you about like, because you said that like getting into gesture, that was the start of the extreme hurdles you know like it got harder after that right can you explain a bit more on that you know like what actually happened like what were the difficult things that you were forced to do challenges that you had to overcome after you got in gesture when i got into gesture obviously culture was like the biggest issue because i was i mean the whole time that whole year i was learning language i wasn't learning culture right so when mm. i got into crew he was basically schooling me with stuff like hey whenever you see a hell hell meaning like an older brother you know, mm-hmm. you need to speak uh, formally. You can't speak informally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you see a hyong, you must always greet greet them, you know, like, oh, when you see them, you go, go, anyasio. When you see 
when you mm. leave, you gotta say "kabogesimida" means you you're gonna leave, right? Mm. Or anything you do, you gotta kind of like tell the somebody older than you first. Even if you want to go to the toilet, you gotta like be like, "Oh, she's your hajangsu kado teyo." Like, can I go to the mm. toilet? And then they're like, "Yeah, you can go to the toilet." I'm just like, "Thank you. Okay, I can go to the toilet." <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> stuff like that, right? You 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 know, you gotta learn and gotta get gotta like suit in, you know. And that that wasn't yeah, that was okay. Like, it took me a while to get used to it, but I got used to it. And then okay, so biggest challenge is I guess America's got talent. 100%. Because right after I got into crew is right after they won Body Rock 2016. That was the mm-hmm. big thing mm-hmm. they won. Like, I didn't even see the performance. They wear the red okay. handbook and wow. they, there was like nine of them. Yeah, they won the yeah. competition and that was when they got hot. So right after I joined, I think America's Got Talent uh, approached them and be like, hey, mm-hmm. we want you on our show. So are you interested? And then they, they were like, yeah, sure. So it was 2017. I got in the crew few months later, I flew to LA and I lived there for like three months for America's Got Talent. So I was just like, it was very hectic. Like I was just, I'll go in the crew, I'm trying to learn the culture and they're like, all right, we got to go LA. I'm like, what? We're going LA already? They're like, yeah, we're going LA. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and then we go to LA. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, thankfully at the time, there were a few members in the crew that helped me a lot as well because they were English speakers as well. One mm-hmm. is the girl called Lee Jong. Uh, she's really popular now, apparently. So I was really mm-hmm. close with her and she speaks English. And then another Hyung called Chris is a uh, Canadian Korean. So he speaks English as well. So we kind of like um, work with each other because most of the members don't speak English, right? So yeah. when, when we go to LA, we pretty much had to do a lot of the the managing and just talking to, you know, working with the producers of America's Got Talent and everything. Mm. So it's like, it's kind of like out of my job scope. Like I'm here to dance, but I'm like now like, you know, managing, managing stuff like this. I'm just like, holy shit, I'm not ready for this, right? And stuff like that, I was learning on the fly. Uh, that was my first big stage as well. So like, like I'll be honest, like the memory is so vivid, right? Like when I was standing on that stage, I was honestly super nervous. Like I think that's like the most nervous I ever get in my life, hands down. Mm. Like so nervous because even like, you know, I, I don't know if you all know who the judge is, like Simon. Simon is like known to be like super, yeah. super mm-hmm. critical. Like he would roast you if you if you suck at like something, you know. Yeah. So it was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to get roasted, right? It's like my first ever, yeah, to be fair, it's my first ever activity with the crew and it was on such a big stage, right? I was like, I'm not trained like to be on such a big stage yet. I wasn't ready. And I was so nervous, right? And like, I was like, shit, if like we get roasted, like would people talk shit about like us because of like, not just me, but all the newer members, right? Or mm-hmm could it be because of me as well because I'm the only foreigner because we are kind of representing Korea and Mm -hmm. I was the only foreigner like sometimes people can get mean which did happen actually they're like hey why you guys add a foreigner and stuff but yeah I don't want to get into that but anyways yeah so yeah uh, that was definitely the hardest hurdle uh, America's Got Talent but thankfully we did well during our first round and Simon liked it he stood up he clapped I was like yay Simon clapped (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's that's one of the, the, the first challenges, like just staying uh how's it calm and uh being being able to adapt on the fly for such a big TV show because oh my god, don't get me started. So like America's Got Talent is a TV show at the end of the day. So a lot of the yeah. songs you use, it needs to go, it needs to get like licensing, it's licensing and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So the biggest problem was most of the songs that we want to use, they didn't allow it because it was not part of their licensing. So we mm-hmm. couldn't use some of the songs. And in their head, they're like, hey, why not just put this dance in this song? It's the oh. same thing. And then we're just oh. like, that's not how it works, right? This dance piece, like for example, if we do like a traditional Korean dance, we want to use a traditional Korean song, you know? Yeah. And they're like, no, why not just put this dance in uh, a Chris Brown song? 
And we're just like, they're like, why do singers, why singers can do that? Why not? Why, why when we ask singers to change song, they can just do it? Why can't you dancers do it? And we just like, that's not how it works. It's like, it, it, we just couldn't like connect with them. There was a lot mm-hmm. of argument back and forth. It was also bad because Young Jae, who is our leader, he needs to talk to them because he knows better than us, but he couldn't speak English. And it had to always go through like a third party, right? He has to go through me or go through one of the English speakers go to one of us, then to AGT, AGT mm-hmm. to one of us, then to Young Jae. So it was because of this problem with miscommunication, there were a lot of issues and, you know, Young Jae wasn't happy, AGT wasn't happy. There was just a lot of like clash. So it was a lot of sleepless nights, let's say. Like, let's say we have like two weeks and then live shows, you know. We couldn't even make the dance for the piece because we had to wait for the song. And it took, it took them like forever to get the song licensed or, or give us a song that we could use on the show. So there was just a lot of um, miscommunication, I would say. Yeah, I remember like getting a song like a week before and it was a Chris Brown song. You can look up the performance on YouTube. We were not very, honestly, we were not very happy with the performance. We did as best as we could because we got the song a week before. And we did it. We did the dance. We tried our best. You know, a lot, a lot of Koreans supported us, but you know, we weren't satisfied. Let's be honest. And it, the, another bad thing was it was based on votes as well. And we were like, hey, can we like promote in Korea and let the Koreans help us vote? Apparently, we can't. Only Americans get to vote. So you know, it is what it is. Okay, we did the show and we're done. We pack our bags. We go home. So that was a three month journey, I guess, in LA. And that was yeah, that was just the first corridor, I guess. <laughs> That's like a lot more than most dancers will ever have to go through in their entire dance career, man. Yeah, that yeah. Was my, and that was my first activity with Jostrick too, so yeah. And Whoa. Right after that, we got back. Obviously, we were frustrated and everything, but it is what it is, you know. And like one month later, it all happened. Korea was preparing for the Winter Olympics, Pyeongchang, 2018. It was end of 2017 at the time. Uh, people voted for us because I think the Americans got talent video kind of got viral, right? Because uh, Koreans, they are very patriotic. They're very supportive, right? So when they mm-hmm. heard like a Korean dance crew was on the American TV show, everyone was very supportive, you know? So uh, apparently a lot of people voted, like, you know, for Winter Olympics, obviously athletes like, you know, Kim Yuna, the ice skater, they all got voted yeah. to, to perform, you know? And then, you know, normally you expect people to vote for K-pop groups, you know, you, you wouldn't expect mm. a dance crew. They voted for us and yeah, it's, it's also on YouTube, you can look it up. Pyeongchang Olympics 2018, just check performance, we got voted and we were surprised, you know, it's for the Olympics, everyone was happy, we we're just like, yeah, let's do it. So I guess that's the next big thing that I ever did, it was just joke which is also the second activity I did with just I wasn't ready for it too. I was like, oh my God, I just I just came back from LA and now you want me to do for Olympics? I'm just like, yo, my, like I'm, I'm just a, I'm just a nobody, yo. Like I'm not ready for all this. So but, He's been thrown into like one deep end. Yeah, like oh. just straight into the deep end. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's why, like, I'm so busy with, like, see, the thing is, right, like, when you're so busy with, like, the stuff, like, like when you have so many uh, challenges thrown at you and, like, stuff like that, when you're so busy trying yeah. to work towards a goal, I was like, I had no time for social media. I couldn't post anything or, like, even talk to my friends or my family because I'm so occupied. Like, I'm just like, I need to get my shit done, right? So, I have so much on my plate. I, I couldn't really, like, update or anything. So, that was that Olympics, you know, it was challenging, 100% degrees, negative 26 degrees. It was cold. We were wearing those tin traditional handbook to dance. I remember like lying down, like our performance starts with us lying down on the ice floor, right? And and I was just like, we obviously stick heat packs, you know, inside, like, like you know, we tape it and everything, you know, to keep ourselves warm. But I remember like rehearsing every time I lay down there, I, I honestly thought I froze to death. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> like everyone's like, yo, everyone's pretty good, you know, they're all like, all right, Koreans, you know, they're seasoned for the winter. I'm Malaysian, <laughs> yo, there is no winter in Malaysia. Like I never experienced such a cold country before. I was just like, holy shit, I couldn't handle it. 
that was another challenge, 100%, like for sure. I just couldn't handle the cold and that was really suffering for me for one month, uh, for one, yeah, almost one month we were there and... You yeah, said negative 26, like negative 26. Yes, yes, it was that Celsius? cold. Celsius. Celsius. I, Celsius. I don't Celsius. think at that temperature yeah, okay, it matters yeah. Celsius or Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> it was close oh to 30, God. obviously. Especially oh, at night. Yeah. That's so cold. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it, it even snowed so hard that we had to take the snowmobiles. Yeah, like, yeah. Because you couldn't, your car just couldn't go on the snow because it's so thick, right? I mean, it was hard, definitely, but the experience was so worth it. Like, I, I honestly enjoyed the experience. It was so good. Like, it was just nice seeing, like, all the athletes together at one spot, you know, different countries of, like, people were there, you know, and us being the opening show. It was such, such an honor, like, even though I'm not Korean, but... You know, it just felt like, hey, I'm like representing Korea, but you know, it'd be great if, you know, if, if they know I'm Malaysian, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that was, that was the second challenge I faced, I guess. You went from like live TV in the US. To the Olympics, yeah. And then Olympics, oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we've, I'm oh, finding man. it very hard to brain it right now. So this all happened in a span of like, how many, how many months or a, a year, within a year? I got in the crew... 2016, I think. Yes, 2000, because 2016 was the year they won Body Rock. So it was around end of 2016 they had the auditions. I got in the, the crew around there. So end of the year, right? So AGT happened around 2017, beginning of 2017. So I think it was sometime around March, I think. I, can't, I honestly cannot remember. So I went to LA there for three months, right? Then we mm-hmm. came back. It was already, already middle of the year, past middle of the year. And obviously, we kind of like settled down, right? After LA. So for one month, two months, then the Pyeongchang thing called us. Obviously, Pyeongchang yeah. doesn't happen immediately, right? They call us. So we got time to prepare, maybe two, three months to prepare. So mm-hmm. we were spending the whole time preparing for Pyeongchang Olympics, which is 2018. So I would say mm-hmm. we were preparing end of 2017. Beginning of 2018 was the Olympics. We performed for the Olympics there. So I would say one half year-ish. Yeah. In the whole time frame, I would say, yeah. Man, that's still absolutely insane. <laughs> it was a journey, it was a journey, 100%. It was, it was worthwhile though. It was hell, but it was worthwhile. I'm overwhelmed for a while. I'm a little I'm... bit, I'm still processing the journey, honestly. <laughs> you, guys, you guys feel like you're riding the journey with me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. You're a good storyteller though. So like, really when you're, when you're talking about it, like, like we're on the ride with you as well. And then we yeah, yeah, I mean, feel like the highs yeah. and the lows. What do you think Just Joke has that has made it successful? I mean, I would think that it is a pretty successful team. You know, not everyone gets to do all those things that you just mentioned. What can other teams adopt from the way Just Joke does things to replicate their successes? Or at least, you know, like bring their team from from level one to level 5001. 5001, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's very simple. I think people, sometimes they, they think too much and they think out of the scope. I think, okay, so mm. we, we take it back to step one, okay? So I think what yeah. caught the attention of most people when Just Chuck first performed in Malaysia at the time yeah. was as simple as how synchronized they were. If you watch back like the year that we competed in Astro Battleground, every team weren't synchronized. Like Just Chuck mm. were the only crew that was synchronized. Okay, no doubt their choreography was insane. But I think the biggest factor was because how synchronized they were. Because no matter how insane your choreography is, if the whole team doesn't dance synchronized, there is no point, honestly, I would say. Mm-hmm. It, it would just look messy. It would just be hard to watch, you know. So at the time, honestly, I would say there were no crews that could dance as 
synchronized as they were. Maybe the closest would be Shit Kings, but but even then at that time, just were more synchronized than that. In my opinion, I would say, and and that's what caught many of the attention of people because they're like, what the hell? These five people dance exactly the same, and it also shows if you watch the Body Rock 2016 performance where they all wore it, mm-hmm. um, you can see how synchronized that performance is, and most people would laugh it off like making fun, like I can't tell who is who, but. That is the point, you know. If you can't tell who is who, it means they're just that synchronized, right? So I think they're dancing as a unit, but also like as an individual as well. Whenever someone takes the center, that person's charisma or her charisma carries the part of the dance. So I think that's what makes them unique. And also another simple thing is, I mean, this sounds very cringe, but just work hard, I guess. So there is this term we use in Korea called Seyon. So Seyon basically means in short for Sebyeok Yeonseop. So Sebyeok meaning midnight and Yeonseop meaning practice. So we cut it short, we call it Seyon. And it's a very common uh, term we use in Korea. So if you go to Korea, you if you tell them, hey, hey I'm doing Seyon, and they'll be like, oh, you're Korean, you know? It's like, oh. So we say, yeah, we say Seyon. So it basically just means midnight practice, right? It's a very common culture among dancers in Korea. And mm. basically, yeah, like I said, it's very normal for dancers to dance from 12 midnight to 5 in the morning because that's when the first train comes. So if the first oh. train comes at 6, people will dance all the way to 6. <laughs> if the first train comes at 7, people will dance all the way to 7. So basically, we just dance all the way until the first train comes and then we go home. Another biggest factor I said for most dance team is I think people need to put their ego down if you're dancing in the team. Like, trust me, like there are many times Youngjae would make fun of my dance or like the other members. I mean, mm. jokingly, of course, but some people would get really sensitive. Like, for example, like we would have a new performance and he would ask everybody to pick a few songs and then come back after like 10 minutes, right? And people would bring their song and then he would just be like, when you play the song for him, everyone would get nervous, right? So when you mm. play a song for him, he would just be like, he listens to it and he's like, Oh, this song? Uh, this song you listen when you're showering. And then, next person. And he listens to the song. He's like, oh, this song? Uh, this song you listen when you're driving. So he would say stuff like that would make you feel like, wow, is he attacking me? But, you know, you, you got to respect him, right? He's the dance director. But the thing is, in Malaysia, like most people get really sensitive and start like a drama over it, you know? So I think like another big factor is you need to put your ego down and listen to your dance director or whoever's in charge of that piece or that project because mm. you decided that he or she is your leader or your mm. dance director. So it is your duty to follow his or her decision. It's not that, oh, uh, we need a, a supreme leader and he decides, uh, he he does everything. It's not that. Everyone gets to chip in but at the end of the day, the dance director, that's why he's called a dance director, right? But at the end of the day, the dance director is his duty to decide what is the best fit for that performance, if that makes sense. Mm. But what if you disagree with the dance director you you chose him at the start for a reason but then they make mistakes too they're human i mean if you want to disagree with him or her i think it, the best time to do it is either before you decided he was a dance director or after the competition say performance itself because before that when you decided him to be your dance director or your leader there is some level of respect you have for that person right obviously that's why you mm-hmm. decided him to be the dance director mm-hmm. and once you decided him to be a dance director you need to respect that person's decision because I give you an example okay why is there some movies good and some movies are bad because obviously there are directors that directed wrongly and there are directors that directed right so even if the movies are bad it's not like people will be like oh I disagree and they start leaving it's they believe in the director and they just follow the director right all the way through and even if the movie is bad you can always criticize it after like hey you know your decisions didn't work out like maybe next time we could try something else or maybe decide a different director right but during the process it's always bad to keep having uh, clashes of opinions because in that way you're gonna waste a lot of time trust me I, I, I've seen it like you know this person will be like hey this is better and next person's like no this is better and then like it, it never ends so you need that one person to, to oversee everything and obviously you guys decide him to be the leader 
leader or the director, you guys have to have that level of trust. It's like, all right, I think this idea is better and this person thinks this idea is better. Then you t- you ask him, which one do you think is better? And then when, if let's say this person chooses that person's idea, you as a member of that dance team shouldn't feel offended. You'll be like, all right, yeah. he's my dance director. He decides that's best for that performance. Let's move on, right? Put down our ego. Let's move on because we're all here to make that performance the best at that time. Mm-hmm. So if you want to disagree or anything, you should have done it before you put him as a dance director. Like you can be like, oh, I don't agree that he should be a dance director because I think there's this other person that's more suitable. Or if you think you're better, you'll be like, all right, you know what? I'll be the dance director. You know, you guys, you guys think you're better than me. You know, like you, you guys gotta like decide before the performance or the competition itself. And then you can disagree during it or after the performance or the competition. Then you can be like, hey, you can criticize, right? Like oh, we didn't make it, you know, what was the problem, right? Uh, that's after it, right? So that's how I see it, at least. Personally, I feel like over here in Malaysia, criticism isn't so well received, especially when it comes to like someone addressing a critical opinion to like a dance director, someone above them. But like in Korea, would you say it's more well received or is there still that kind of level of hierarchy where you kind of have to respect that dance director and keep your opinions to yourself? Like, how is it? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. I've seen crews in Korea where, obviously, like seniority, right? I said this about Japan. Mm. Same thing in Korea as well. Both these countries practice culture very strongly. And I've seen this as well in Korea. There are crews where, obviously, the dance director is the dance director only because he was old. Like, he was the oldest member in the crew and not because he was good. Like, I don't want to call out who, but not just he's just because he's the oldest member. He became the dance director. And because of that hierarchy, a lot of the members, could, even the members who are better than the dance leader, couldn't say anything to that person. So, Here's the cash. That's why Just Joke is so successful because this is what Young Jae said. I'm the leader not because I'm the oldest, but he said, I'm the leader because I'm better than all of you. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Everyone's like, yup. If he can say that confidently, he must be doing yeah, something right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he proved it before too because so there was this project for, for a commercial this is one time he was like, all right, I'm not going to direct this time. You guys do it. And holy shit. Okay, so we're like, yeah, yeah, Young Jay's not directing. Yeah, we got the freedom. Let's, <laughs> let's do what we want, yo. Holy, it was so not efficient. It was so chaotic. Like he gave someone else to handle it. I don't want to say which member, but anyways, yeah. Someone else handled it and it was so chaotic because he couldn't decide what was good or bad. Every Because everyone in the crew was so strong, right? Everyone in the crew has their personality. Everyone in the crew has their their, their thing they want to put on the table. So it's like this dancer say, I want to do this. And then the other dancer say, no, I want to do this. And then this person needs to be well, like knowledge or experience enough to decide which is better. And he just couldn't decide. He was just like, oh, let's try this. Oh, let's try that. Nothing's going to work. If you're going to take, you're going to waste time trying A, B, C, D, E, F. Like you, you're going to waste time. So you need to be at the level where the moment you see it, you have the confidence to say, this is something you dance in your shower, not for a stage. You need to have that level if you're going to be a dance director. So when Young Jay didn't direct for us, it was pretty disastrous. And that's when we realized, <laughs> okay, no matter how much of an asshole he is, I don't want to say it's like, like me. I mean, he, you know, I respect him a lot, but he does things right. He gets things to work, you know, even though he's such a, not arrogant, I would say, just confident. Let's just say he's very confident, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, exactly. So, I mean, even in Malaysia, like, um, if this person wants to direct, he needs to be experienced, right? Like, what does he, what credentials he has to back himself up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, he needs to have some sort of credential, right? He needs to back himself up and he also needs to be, he needs to show that he has that level of skill, right? He, otherwise, people wouldn't respect him, right? And if let's mm-hmm. say I have more credentials and more more experience to back myself up and you try to argue with me and then if let's say I say, all right, let me look at your idea. As someone who has that much experience, like, like for example, Young Jay, if he sees something that really works, he'll be like, yeah, okay, that's good. Let's put them in. But if he says that no, that's not good. 
then you as the member need to sit down and think about it again. You know, you cannot be like, hey, this is my star. I want to put it into the dance team, but you're not the dance director, right? So yeah. you need to you need to learn to put your ego down and be like, okay, my dance director says it's, it's not fitting. So maybe I can like, Think of something else, right? You know, don't waste time like trying to argue, right? If your dad's like, say no, no. If your dad's yeah. like, says yes, then yes. It's, it's like that efficient in gesture. We do things mm-hmm. really fast. So we follow that culture in Korea. We say pali pali, you know, pali pali means fast mm-hmm. in Korea. Everything pali, you do, pali. pali pali, yeah. You want to pay money in the convenience store? If you're the next person, make sure your card is ready. If you're not ready, the ajushi at the counter, he's going to like oh. roast you. He'll be like, what the hell? Like in Korea, pali pali, you know, put your card out, the next person, don't waste time, you know, in Korea. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I'm feeling the pressure, like even just listening <laughs> so to this. <laughs> Sitting in the taxi, you're going to reach your destination, make sure your card is ready. Your yeah. card is not ready. The taxi driver is going to roast you like crazy, even though you're a foreigner. This is a tip, oh, by the way, really? for everyone who's Ooh. listening. If you go to Korea, paying for convenience stores, Sitting in the taxi, make sure you always have your payment ready. Don't wait until you reach there. Then, all right, now I take my wallet out. Oh, you're going to get roasted so hard. Like, oh, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Subway as yeah. well. People, people don't walk to oh run. God. Don't walk. <laughs> you run. Very <laughs> London. Yep, pretty much. Same thing. So yeah, I mean, uh, back to the whole uh, how to make the teamwork, right? So basically, yeah, basically what I'm saying is the three things right? I said, synchronization, 100%. Mm. Like, uh, for example, like we do a lot of formations where we stand in line, do our lines, you know, do our mm. hand and stuff. Young Jay will walk by, walk by everyone to see if our hand is like this, like this, like this, or like this. Basically, mm. a different finger formation. I'm sorry, we're, we're on the podcast. I forgot. Yeah, so di- basically different finger formation. It matters. Even like if your hands are slightly turned to the right or slightly turned to the left, it matters when you put in the straight line. So he will check each person, mm. make sure you're always in detail. And you as a member, you should also have to take the initiative to check with everyone because you're dancing as a team. So when you when you learn the dance step, you must always not just look at yourself. You got to look at your members beside you. Are you the same with them? That's very important. And then when you realize someone else isn't the same with you as well, talk to him like, hey, Young Jin just taught this move. We are both different. Like which one of us is right? So you you as a member, you need to take the initiative as well. So that's, that's how we work. We're trying to make the performance better together as a team. So back to the point, synchronization, that's that. Work hard. Like I said, Seon, Sebyeok Yeonseom, midnight practice. Good luck with that. Do that. <laughs> and then obviously, put down your ego. This is the three things I think. Very important. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening in. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Nixon and came away with actionable information on how to maintain success as a dance crew, how to take that first step into pursuing dance overseas, and the three things that every dance team can learn from gesture. We'll be back in the next episode with Nixon again to go over those key points in further detail. So if you'd like to get notified when the episode will be available, subscribe to our show, Shoes Off No Cap, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at shoesoffnocap. That's at S-H-O-E-S-O-F-F-N-O-C-A-P on Instagram. This episode was hosted by Diana, Eli, and Izaz. Our producer is Sean Chin. Audio processing by Mayan and note taker Daphne. Special thanks to Nixon for agreeing to come on this show. I'm your host Izaz. Thanks for listening. 